heaviness and things that you've been carrying just kind of got lifted off. And as you came in, it was like they were just welcoming you and wanting to make sure you were seated comfortably. So I hope you're still imagining yourself being greeted and just taking all these items off and come and sit. And as you were looking at Father God and thinking, wow, this man, this God, this person, I'm here to honour and worship and celebrate. And Father God is so excited about that because as you worship him, you get blessed. And so he's excited because you get to share in the banquet of worship because there's blessing that just keeps pouring back on you as you praise and as you worship. And I just felt like there's holy angels around and they were excited that you were here as well and they were just so wanting to get into worship with you. And so I just encourage you this morning, when you are listening to our worship team leading us into this place, just close your eyes for a moment and say, my God is right here with me. And he's so excited to hear what I have to say and bring to him. And then Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they come and join with him up here. But yet they are also coming down and they're mingling. And it was like Jesus is putting his hand on your shoulder and saying, it's so good to see you here. I love you so much. And there was just this incredible, amazing feeling of family, such an incredible feeling of love. And that's what he wants you to step in, step into that today. And just say, yeah, I'm going to choose to give the best gift I can. And that's my love offering. It's how I'm going to worship. It's how I'm going to praise him today. And it's how I'm going to sing to him. And it may be that you've got your own song that you want to offer and and a love sacrifice today. But just come and imagine, because he's here. And he can't wait to hear what you have to give him. Because he wants to pour it right back to you. So, Father God, I just thank you for your incredible love that you've welcomed us to this banquet and we can come and share with this time with you and be with our Father, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and even the heavenly angels that want to be here and can be here to join with us in worship. So release in this place your love, Father God. Release in here that connection of knowing that each person is loved and valued and that we can connect with an incredibly loving Father. So we just turn our eyes to you, we turn our hearts and we say, here we are. And Father God, I'm going to even be brave enough to take off any mask and I'm going to be real and I can be safe here with you as I bring all that I have. Thank you, God. Why don't we stand to our feet and give, let's just give a shout of praise right to start with, come on. Why don't you begin to put your hands together as you raise to your feet, come on. Let's enter into His courts with praise and worship, Lord. How many people know that where the presence of the Lord is, there's power. There's also power. Come on. Jesus, we worship You in this place this morning. Come on. Let's lift up a sound of praise. Come on, right now in this place. Jesus, we worship you. Oh, we desire to see you. Oh, 
blessed you. Come speak to us this morning, Lord. speak your name we lift our eyes tune our hearts into your beat where we walk there you'll be with fire in our eyes and lives alive your love untamed it's blazing out the streets will glow forever bright your glory's breaking through Wait, 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 wait. 
I've never clapped so much in my life. Come on, don't stop clapping. Come on, let's raise the expectation in this place. Jesus, praise you, man. Oh, you are good. Oh, you are good. 
that you're a good and everyone said Amen. Well, I think we could do that again God is good that's it that's how I just forgot for a moment how it went so God is good and you go all the time and I go all the time and you go God is good so God is good all the time all the time God is oh, good one more time God is good all the time and all the time God is good that sounds good give your neighbour a high five and take a seat great to see you this morning welcome church it's great to be together as we gather if this is your first or second time at activate church we give you a very warm welcome it's wonderful to have you with us this morning and as you leave the auditorium on the right hand side you'll see a table there with some white packs they're our visitors packs our guest packs so feel free to take one fill in a few details there's a coffee card in there you can use next week as well so church can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors Fantastic. Children are in the service today, so there's worksheets in the back. And also, for the children that can count the number of times that Alan says the word earth as he preaches this morning, there will be a chocolate bar for you. So be ready, count the number of times he says the word earth, and there will be a chocolate bar. Well, youth are on camp. They had an amazing time. You were there last night, Jan? Fantastic. That's great. And Jim, why don't you tell us about what's happening this Tuesday? Tuesday evening worship night. Yeah. Okay, Tuesday night. Does anyone know? Worship night. Yes, worship night is this coming Tuesday. It's for everyone. It's for all of us. Seven till nine. Is it on screen there? Yes, there it is. So come on out. We are going to glorify God above all else. And that is going to be incredibly powerful, isn't it? Glorifying Him above everything else in this place. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be a fantastic time. Pastor Sheridan is in Australia. He's been meeting with the executive team over there for the week. He's part of the uh, national leadership team, which is a wonderful honour for him. And he's ministering there this weekend, so he'll be having a wonderful time. Guess what's happening in October? It is Church in Action. So this coming Sunday, Sunday the 8th, we have Muckin Day, and Alan will come and tell us a lot more about that very shortly. So it's going to be very good. On the 31st of October, we have our light party, which is a great time for yeah, mums and dads to come along with kids. It's going to be awesome, isn't it, Ashley? So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so we're going to have a fantastic time. So that's really, really cool. And also, thank you for those people that are bringing back food bags with food. It's just fantastic to see. If you haven't signed up, please take the opportunity to do that. Yes, Lance, well, here's one of the bags here. Makes a world of difference, the contribution that we can make into the lives of people in our community by simply giving some non-perishable food items so they can have food on their table. The stories that we hear back from our simple giving that way, it is absolutely incredible. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Any birthdays? Why don't you come out to the front? That'd be great. And let's grab some chocolate. Colin, 21. Something like that. Sally, 21 too. 50, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, let's put our hands together. Celebrate that. Church, why don't you stand with me as we declare these, this prayer of blessing 
over these wonderful people today. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Fantastic. Let's give them a hand. That's awesome. Well, about three months ago, Caleb, our fine uh, man here who does a lot of the media work in church, said, Ray, it would be really good to get something about Community Link on video. So I said, okay. So I sat down with Caleb in the uh, foyer there, and we just ran some film. And uh, lo and behold, we've got it for you today. So here it is. So thanks, Linda. Hi, I'm Ray. I'm the director of Community Link Trust, which was established in 2010. And it's my privilege to lead an amazing team of people that are absolutely passionate and motivated to make a difference in our community. I'm really, really passionate about Team Link. Team Link is our opportunity for passionate, motivated mentors to come alongside youth that are struggling, maybe facing challenges at home, maybe facing challenges with substance abuse, uh, self-esteem issues, bullying, truancy, whatever it might be. And our mentors can come alongside and support them over a program from three to six months. Parents Link, formerly known as Mums Link, is a wonderful initiative led by Jilly King and her team. We decided to change the name from Mums Link to Parent Link because not only is there a great need with mums, it's also with dads. And we're getting an ongoing and an increasing number of dads that are asking for support. And so we're offering parenting programs throughout our community. We've been invited recently to go into schools to offer our program. Something we're very excited about and looking forward to do. I love Budget Link. Budget Link, I, all the links are favourites for mine, but I've got a soft spot for Budget Link, I must say. Budget Link is led by Gail Taylor and her team. And as the name implies, they're there to support those that are struggling with financial issues. Maybe they can't pay their power bill. Maybe they've got a big uh, bill to pay on their car. And they're struggling to find that. It could be something that's a short-term need or something that's been happening for some time. Gail and her team come alongside and work uh, with the clients, work with the people that they're helping to prepare a plan, make a, a pathway of finding financial freedom. Well, Foodlink, as the name implies, sometimes people through various circumstances find that their pantry is absolutely empty. Foodlink is the opportunity for people, whoever, wherever, to come in, find a friendly face with Vicky and her team to have a food parcel prepared and uh, that they can take home to feed their family. Property Link is a very new initiative. It's led by Alan Hall and his team. And Property Link is all about going into our community and helping families that are facing issues around their properties. Maybe somebody is unwell, maybe somebody doesn't have the capability or the finances to repair a broken fence, repair a, a, a leaking washer, or their section needs a good makeover. The team at Property Link is there to help families that find themselves in those situations. We would love also to uh, partner with businesses, other organisations in our community that have a passion to see Hamilton become the best city in New Zealand to raise a family. It's wonderful to see businesses sponsor the activity of Community Link. 
We value their contribution. And I want to give you the invitation too to be part of the team that can see Hamilton transformed for good. Awesome. Great stuff. Oops. Yeah, give it up for the team. They do an awesome job. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Alan. He's going to uh, give an overview of the Muckin for next Sunday. Alan leads Property Link. So thanks very much, Alan. Here he is all in his gear as well. Well done. Yeah. Morning church, how are we? All good? Great. It's great to be um, really part of this fine um, outreach uh, community link. And uh, we've got an awesome leader, Fran Noble, um, that's leading the team, so well done, Fran. <clears throat> and didn't Ray do an awesome job with that video? Eh? No cue cards or anything, he just did that off the cuff, so well done, Ray. So we've got an exciting day planned for next Sunday. Um, it's in a real big opportunity for us, um, Activate Church family, to go out and bless our community. And it's going to take, be about two hours next Sunday morning. And then we're all going to come together at Enderley Park for a combined um, sausage sizzle and so forth as a family. And what have we planned, you ask? Well, firstly, everybody's going to meet here at 10 o'clock in the morning. So what time are we meeting here? Good stuff. So, well, one of the things we're going to be doing is going out to the Fairfield Enderley community to tidy up some of the walkways, uh, where we'll sweep them down, uh, complete some painting, complete some minor repair work where necessary. All the materials to complete the job will be supplied. So that'll be gloves, um, high-vis jackets, paint brushes, rubbish bags, timber if needed, and hammer and nails. And none of this, is, none of this stuff is over the top. It's pretty low-key. Um, pretty straightforward. We'll have team, uh, team leaders in place and they will know exactly what needs to be done in each walkway. We'll delegate on the morning down here um, a family or two to go with each team leader. From there the team leaders will give you instructions on where to drive and, go, and then they'll go from there. And when you're finished you make your way down to Enderley Park for some fun and a sausage sizzle together as a church family. We'll also be sending some uh, uh, families down to Insol Primary School, down in Insol Ave, and we have a fantastic relationship down there with the school. And over the years we've done a number of things um, during CIA week, and they really appreciate the support that we provide them. So we'll be doing some gardening work, washing the exterior of some of the classrooms, and just a few other things. For some of the church family that uh, aren't in a position to go out there into the community, um, they'll have the opportunity to be involved in some activities here at the church. And uh, what we're going to be doing is constructing some uh, raised gardens uh, and also some timber letter boxes. So all the materials will be all pre-cut, plans and photos will be provided and all the tools to assemble them will be made available. So these are great little projects to be done and these will be placed out in the community um, at later dates. There will, always, or there will also be some cooking opportunities, cooking of some food here. So um, if you're inspired to make some scones, um, feel free to put your hand up and uh, they'll be done in the, in the kitchen and then we'll take those down to the sausage sizzle later. So what time are we meeting here? Very good. Still got your attention, eh? 
So how long is it going to take? Well, we'll meet here at 10. We'll go from here out to the site beyond site to 10.30. And we'll finish up about 12.30, making our way down to the Enderley Community Centre um, to catch up together. What do you guys need to bring? Yes, there's always a few health and safety issues, points that we must be aware of. So everybody must wear covered in shoes. And no jandals or bare feet. Um, so that's for everybody, children included. Everybody must wear long pants and wear the disposable gloves that will be provided. And I encourage you to bring a water bottle, sunscreen if necessary, and a hat. So, what time are we meeting here next weekend? What sort of footwear do you need to bring? What must you wear on the job? Long pants and gloves. What, are, what else do you think you should bring? Yep, very good. And who's going to look after you on the job? Me. <laughs> no, we're going to have team leaders looking after you. So um, I put it to, uh, the, um, to the prior service about um, we needed to communicate um, a flyer out to all the community. And the 9am team rocked because they've already taken them all. So fantastic. So uh, what I'd like to encourage you guys is to be the prayer warriors. So um, pray that you um, pray into this, uh, this week for fine weather for next Sunday, for those God conversations that we are potentially going to have, and for those lives that we're going to be transformed and taking place in our community. So there we go. Good stuff. Just another plug, as you would have seen out in the foyer, Community Link, all the different services out there. So we're going to be out there on the stands. If you'd like to come and talk with us, feel free to come and see us. Who's excited about CIA? One, two, I see a couple. This is a great opportunity for us to, to really impact the city yeah, together as a family. Really excited. Look forward to it, Ray. Yeah, and it's going to be good. And guess what? There's more. Oh. Not only do we have Church in Action, we have Faith 101. So if you're part of Faith 101 with Josh and the team, this is your moment to go and learn more about the basics of the faith. So let's give uh, Josh and, and the people going with him a hand this morning. Thank you. Awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet? Trust 
the sweetest frame of holy trust in Jesus' Christ alone. Christ alone. Yes, you are. 
shall come with a trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. Holy stand before the throne Christ alone Cornerstone Weak made strong In the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord, yes, you are, Lord. You are the Lord of all. When you come with trumpet sound, may I be found in you. I keep my faith strong in you. Cornerstone of Everything oh, God. to you, 
thank You that we can come before Your throne of grace and stand in Your presence, Lord. In the presence of God with His fullness of joy and the pleasures of living with You forever. Father, thank You that that's not only for eternity, but it's for right now. Father, I thank You that, Lord, You give us this awesome opportunity to step into more of You surrender, Lord, our everything to you. Church, I feel this morning that as we're in this wonderful atmosphere of God's presence, if you're saying or feeling, I need to surrender it all, I need to give my all to Jesus. We're going to sing it through a few more times. I want to invite you to come to the front between you and God and saying, Lord, I'm giving you my everything. I'm going to be here. Lord, I'm giving you my everything. If you have need for healing, I invite you to come forward too. I'd love to pray for you. If you say, Lord, I want to hold nothing back. I want to give it all to you. Why don't you come to the front and make that declaration? I'll just share this dream with you I had uh, three weeks ago. God doesn't want us to muck around with this sort of stuff. In my dream, I was in Auckland. I was actually physically at the place yesterday on Wellesley Street. And I was walking up the footpath of this hill in Wellesley Street in my dream. And uh, in my dream, on the top of the street were four young men that had a car with no driver in it. And they were pushing this car down the street, trying to hit and knock people. The crazy thing in the dream is nobody could see it except for me. I could see what was happening. And when I saw them let the first car and the second car go, I thought, what on earth is going on? I yelled out to them and I said, hey, stop. Don't do it. And this is what their reply was to me. I'm a king. Who are you? My reply back, I'm a king. And I realized there were two different kingdoms here two different kingdoms and God wants us to exert our kingdom authority God wants us to take up our right and express that we are kings, sons and daughters of the living God to exercise the authority that he's given to us and so church I feel as we make this stand and say Lord I surrender all, God wants us to exercise our God given authority to be all that he's made us and called us to be isn't that cool? So let's sing it through a couple of times. Thanks, huh? I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. With only nothing. With only nothing. I surrender all to you, everything I give to you, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I surrender all. 
Every eye in this place closed. Let's really surrender. You may not feel like you need to surrender, but I really believe that the Lord is calling us to a place of surrender. Because if we put ourselves first, where does that leave Him?
we sing I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I surrender all. I surrender all to you. Everything I gave to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. I give you all. I give you all of me. 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 Every time, come on. I give you all of me. 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 position ourselves in a place to receive this morning. Your hands out in front of you. Father God, I pray that you would speak to us in this place this morning. Come speak to us now.
beautiful presence of the Lord here this morning, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's nice. It's so good to be in the house. It's good to be able to worship Him. It's good to be able to present yourself, presence yourself in His presence. Mm. Father, just thank you. Do indeed and rejoice in your presence within the midst of us here. May we continue to experience that as we come around your word this morning and, and rejoice in you. Thank you for what you've done in our hearts already and what you're going to continue to do. And we give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's good. I haven't been here for a few weeks. I've um, sadly have had to be over in Bali. Oh, it's terrible. 25 to 30 degrees. So tough, but someone has to take it for the team, I suppose. I didn't bring any surfboards home with me, so we arrived safely and got off the plane, so that was good. But you know, one of the things that I noticed whilst we were over there, I don't know if any of you have been to Bali, but it's the second time we've been. November last year, my son got married over there, and... Um, so Donna and I were basically mum and dad for the family. And uh, so there were seven of us that we were looking after, including ourselves. And, and it was quite an interesting time. So we, we decided to go back again and really try to uh, experience Bali for ourselves. And it was a really wonderful, wonderful place to, to go. Not only because of the... Uh, the temperature, but you get $1.50 haircuts as well. I know. I did, didn't have a heart to ask for my money back, but, but that's all right. And you can have $7.50 hour and a half massages and things like that. It's incredible. But um, one of the things that really spoke to me about Bali was that they're a highly religious people. The Balinese are... They have um, temples everywhere. They have little compounds, you know, little family sections with walls around, and they'll always have a temple in there. It's a, a, an incredibly religious community. And uh, every morning you, we'd get up, and by the time we got out of bed and, and had breakfast and whatever, outside all of the shops, all of the businesses, all of the hotels, everywhere, there were these little woven... Um, I don't know if they were flax or banana leaf or whatever, but there was these um, woven baskets and inside there were little offerings and they, they put these out with incense and a little coffee sachet in there or cigarettes or whatever. It was literally, that's, that's how very religious, very uh, uh, deluded in many ways, you know, offside, uh, away from where we are. Uh, they, but they worship God, their God, uh, or their gods. And it was, it was evident all the time. They, we were sitting at one stage um, having dinner, and, or just uh, maybe late afternoon, and there was a person on the other side of the road, and they had this offering, and they were praying, and, and then they'd move to the other side and of the 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 access into the restaurant, and they do the same over there. 
And it got me thinking. It got me thinking that about my faith journey, about my, how much I exhibit my uh, trust and reliance on God. And, you know, we, we come from a, um, a society where we look after ourselves and we've got strengths and abilities and skills that we've learned. And in many ways, we rely on those and forget about our reliance on God. And in a situation in that country, uh, they, they needed to rely on something other than their own ability. And so that was their, how their faith outworked. But we, we live in a country that relatively, it's easy to worship. And maybe that's half the problem as well, is because it's, uh, life in New Zealand is, is relatively simple, uh, because it's easy to, to walk with the Lord to come to church on a Sunday morning, or not come to church if you don't feel like it. Uh, it, because it's so easy, we can actually take it, well, we can take it or leave it as much as we like. Whereas if you have got to rely on God, if your need is so uh, necessary to put your trust in and faith in Him, well, you will cry out, you will move in a closer walk to Him. And that seems to be some of the situation over in Bali. You know, we take for granted the relationship or the opportunity that we have to come to church. And we forget about in some parts of this world. In fact, in many parts of this world, Christians are persecuted. But go back to the early, early fathers, the early church um, fathers, and you'll find that, that they, there was persecution around there as well. If you go back to about... Um, uh, Oh, about 100 and, oh, it's about 90 years, 80 to 90 years after Christ was, uh, was crucified, there was a guy called Irenaeus came into the, the, the picture. Irenaeus was, um, he sat under the teaching of a guy called Polycarp. Polycarp sat under the teaching of John, the apostle. And Polycarp, and I think we've got a PowerPoint starting here. Polycarp, who will eventually come up, was, one more try, there he is, Polycarp was, he was, uh, ended up as being the Bishop of Smyrna. Now if you were to look through the book of Revelation, you'll find that Smyrna was one of those churches uh, mentioned in Revelation that was going to be persecuted. This guy here was one of those persecuted members of the church. In fact, he was, he was, um, uh, um, burnt at the stake. He was, his, he could have denied Christ and lived. All he needed to say was Caesar is Lord, but he refused to do that. One of the statements that he made was this, 86 years I've served Christ and he's, he never did me any wrong. How can I blaspheme? How can I turn away from my king who saved me? That was, that was um, uh, Polycarp. Polycarp, basically, before he was, before he was, I said crucified again, before he was burnt at the stake, he confessed his faith and trust in God. He confessed his reliance on God. And it was a, an amazing statement. I'm not going to read the whole of his prayer, but he, he said this toward the end. He says, for this reason and for all things, I praise you, 
I bless you, I glorify you through the eternal heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ, your beloved child, through whom, we gl- be, through whom be glory to you, with him and the Holy Spirit, now and for the ages to come. Amen. And they let, lit the fire. So his last confession was a prayer of declaration. He says it partway through there, how can I be numbered with the martyrs and suffer the sacrifice? I'm unworthy of this, but God, I follow you. That's the, this guy. He, as I said, Irenaeus, he followed on. Now, Irenaeus, he is an interesting um, character as well. He ended up being uh, the Bishop of Leon. And um, he was one of the first people that pulled together the Gospels that we have in our Bibles today. He was the one, of, one of the first people that started to pull together the sacred writings that we call the Old and the New Testament, thanks to this guy here. And one of the things that he said is this, the glory of God is man fully alive. And one of the challenges, one of the things that I noticed over in, in Bali is, they, is the faith and the commitment that they have to their God or gods it actually put me to shame slightly because I don't have that outward, often I don't display that outward commitment and faith to God. And yet, if we stand on that statement, the glory of God is man fully alive, when I'm walking in a confidence and in a bold and a passionate way for God, that's when people will see me and start worshipping him. The glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is you fully alive. And one of the challenges, and this is where I want to go to with this message, is I think, I believe, that we've lost our our identity in Christ. We don't fully understand who we are in Christ, and therefore we don't walk in the confidence and the boldness of it. I love what Ray just said about the, the two kings the two kingdoms, I should say. We are kings. We need to walk in the reality and the truth of that. But you know what? Sadly, many of us don't understand what that means. Sadly, we don't walk in that confidence and we don't walk in that boldness. We don't walk in that significant place that we are seated in Christ. And that's who we are. We are kings. We are divine masterpieces of the the Lord. We are adopted children of God. We are his workmanship. We are special, special people. And if we don't understand and walk in that identity, how can we display this? How can we be fully alive so that God gets glory? That's the thrust of my message. So, A little bit of a, an exercise here. So just to, you have to bear with me. There is a segue in this. There, believe me, there is a segue. So this is a scale model of the earth. Okay? So if you can imagine, that's a scale model of the earth. This is a scale model of the moon. Actually, it's pretty close to the right sizes apparently. If this was Earth and this was the moon, obviously the moon rotates around the Earth. On scale, 
how far do you think these would be apart? Any idea? Who can we ask? Now, I've asked Ray. You give the same answer, Ray. Okay, okay. So, the Earth and the Moon. So, Ray reckons that the Moon is rotating around the Earth about this far away. Okay? Who else would like to have a go? Go on then. Do you want me to hold them? How close to the Earth is it? About that? Okay, about this far? Anyone else? Can't ask Chris, he knows the answer. Anyone else want to give it a go? Oh, you've got a smile on your face. Come on, how far? Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, anyone else? Come on in. This is good. Three meters. Well, you, you hold that. How far is three meters? That's about three meters, I think. Is that three meters? Okay. Do you know what the real answer is? Here, Lance, you hold that. He can be the earth. I'll be the moon. Probably a little bit. It's about seven and a half meters between the moon and the earth at this scale. Isn't that incredible? It's massive. Okay, let's go one step further. By the way, using that scale of the Earth, how far away is the sun? It's three kilometers away. Using the scale model like this. Three kilometers. You know those little things that you see on people have made for kids have made? Totally out of... Okay, here we go. I found my marbles. Lance showed me where his was. Okay, so if this, if this was the Earth, the sun would be 120 meters away. That's if that was the Earth. And the nearest star, just make sure I get this, the nearest star, oh, sorry, the nearest star if that was the Earth, the nearest star is 800,000 kilometers away. We, we live in a massive, massive universe. We don't understand or appreciate the size of it. If that was the Earth, the sun's 120 meters away, Mars would be 180 meters away, and Pluto would be 5.8 kilometers away if that was the size of the Earth. But you know what? Size is a little bit hard to comprehend. So let's talk about, especially when you're talking about massive numbers. So let's talk about the speed of light. The speed of light is 186,000 uh, miles per second, or around about 300 um, kilometers per second. So between the Earth and the moon, it takes one second for the speed of light to travel that distance. That same speed of light can travel around, about, around the Earth maybe seven and a half times. To give you an idea of the size of where we live, 
How long do you think the speed of light would take to get from Earth to the sun? It's only one second to the moon. It takes eight minutes to get to the sun. It's huge. Have a look at this video. You know what? We, we are a tiny, tiny speck of dust that's floating, that sits on that planet, that floats in a galaxy which is insignificant in the big scheme of things. Scripture tells us that God holds the universe in the palm of his hand. But you know what's, more, what's even more amazing about this? Is that God 
chose to come and dwell within me. He chose to come and dwell within you. He chose to sacrifice his son's life so that you and I could live in a, a, a significant manner on that planet. That's how immense our God is. But you know what? This is the challenge. Do we walk in the reality and the knowledge of that? Do we walk in the truth of the fact that we are not insignificant, that we are totally significant, that God loves us, that God's passionate about us? That's the truth. That's the reality. And that's our identity. And we need to embrace that and walk in it. And when we do that, that is when we will start to have a, a significant impact the glory of God is man fully alive. That's when you and I will start to have an impact on this nation. That's the truth. Your identity, who you are in Christ, is supremely important. And so there's my point. That's my message. So we, we can finish there. But, this, but the reality is, I'm going to keep going, but the reality is that we've got to understand that. We've got to move into that place. And many of us, and maybe I'm talking to myself more than anybody else here because I want to be significant. I want to have a significant life with Christ. I want to have an impact on my neighbors, my family, my friends. I want to do that. And that the only way I'm going to be able to do that is making sure and having a, a certainty of who I am in Christ and be able to do it. See, if I had a million dollars and I had it in my bank account and I didn't have access to that bank account, I probably wouldn't walk in the reality of being a, a millionaire. I'd walk in the reality of, I've got nothing, I'm poor, I'm insignificant. But as soon as the door is opened and I understand that, wow, I am now a, a millionaire, then my life would change, wouldn't it? It would change significantly. So what about you as a Christian? When you believe and know, not just know up here, but know in your heart that God has chosen you, that you are a, a divine masterpiece, that you are a significant person in his plan, that he loves you, and that nothing is going to come your way that he doesn't have control over, that he loves you passionately. When you understand that, you can start walking in the truth. And it's walking in the truth that we need to do. Now, I said earlier on, and I'll say it again, this, I'm really just talking to myself. I'm having a conversation with me here, and you can listen in. But I need to know this so that I can walk in that boldness, that significant position. And hopefully, you'll understand this as well. Again, bear with me. In the Old Testament, um, we've probably all heard of the story of David and Goliath. And just to unpack this slightly, you've got um, the Philistines, Goliath and the Philistines are on one side of a valley. And on the other side of the valley, you've got the Israelites. So you've got, no, okay, we won't isolate anybody. But so on this side, we've got Goliath. They, every morning, the Philistines would get up, they'd wake up in the morning, they'd get dressed in all of their army gear, and they'd come out to, the, to their side of the valley. On the other side, you've got the Israelites. They do exactly the same. They'd get up in the morning, put on the, the, the army stuff, you know, the shields and swords and whatever. And then the, the uh, Philistines would send Goliath out, and Goliath would yell at the people, and all of the Philistines would yell at the Israelites over here. And it says in, 
in verse 11, I think it is, of chapter 17, it, it, it says that when Saul and the Israelites heard the cries, the taunts of the Philistines, they became dismayed and very afraid. And it got me thinking, if that was the case, why the heck didn't these guys attack? Why didn't the Philistines attack the Israelites? You see, I, as I came to read through that, I, I really believe that God gave me a bit of a revelation. The reason they didn't attack is because the Philistines knew that God was with the Israelites. They'd heard the stories. They, they knew the story of Jericho. They knew the story of how different things had happened and God came in and, and wiped out. They would have known about Jonathan and his, his um, armor bearer going up with one sword and defeating an, a whole army. They would have heard about that. So they were fearful that, because God was with them. But then it got me thinking a little bit more. If that was the case, why didn't the Israelites attack the Philistines? And I actually believe it's because the Israelites had forgotten or were fearful that God had left them. You see, if you go back only a few chapters earlier in the, in the first Samuel there, you'll find that, that the Israelites um, uh, spoke to Samuel and said, we need a king. And Samuel spoke to God and God said to Samuel, they have not rejected you, they've rejected me. The Israelites, I believe, were fearful that God had left them. That's why they didn't attack. They had lost their identity. They had lost the identity of being a chosen people of God. And that's, sadly, I think a lot of us as Christians don't understand who we are. We too have lost our identity. So I want to go through a uh, some portions of Scripture. This is Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. It's his, his prayer to uh, the Ephesian church. And to unpack this a little bit, the letters like this were given to a particular community. So it was to all the believers, not just a particular church group. So it would be to the whole church so here's Paul's prayer. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Phenomenal prayer. Phenomenal prayer. Look at this. I just want to unpack some things here. Paul says, I, I pray that you, would, uh, that you would be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's the first thing, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Solomon had, uh, was given wisdom and insight, understanding and insight, it says. He stuffed up toward the end. And I believe that we've got a greater opportunity than even Solomon because we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We've got God dwelling within us, not through a priest or through somebody else, but dwelling within us. We have the Holy Spirit here 
That's what we're talking about here. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. If we understand that, if we can walk in the reality of that, we will start to get to know him better. That word know is, a, is quite an intimate word as well. It's not just a, I know how to drive a car. It's, I know intimately on a sexual relationship my wife. That's an intimate relationship. It's a, it's a very close relationship. That's how much we need to get to know God. Intimately. Let's keep going. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. You know, uh, Proverbs 4.23 says that um, uh, uh, guard your heart, for out of it springs life. Your heart is vitally important. We know you can be downhearted. We know that you can be confident. You can walk in, my, I'm passionate. Your heart is, is, is uh, pumping. It's exciting. You're moving forward in an exciting and, and uh, uh, significant manner. Often that's because our hearts are engaged in what we're doing. The English lost the rugby cup because, honestly, I think their heart wasn't in it. Just to throw that in there, go the English. You did hear the joke, eh, that about the tea bag and the English? Yeah, it's which one... What's the difference between the two of them? Well, the tea bag stays in the cup longer. But anyway, and I'm, I'm English as well, so that's good. But I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that, okay, so watch this. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, there's that word know, the hope to which he's called you. Wow, that is our salvation. We have a, an amazing calling on our lives. Have you, have you ever asked, have you honestly ever sat down and said, God, I want to know what I'm, I'm going to be doing in the future? I did, quite a few years ago. <clears throat> I sat down and I asked God, what am, I, what am I going to do? I didn't want to waste my life. I didn't want to be, uh, walk in a, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't want to walk in or do things that were totally wasting my time. I wanted to connect with God all the time. So I asked him, what am I going to do? And he told me. It's not difficult. You just have to ask. He told me. And I'm walking in that. He re- and it's all worked out. And I'm still walking in that now. So have you ever asked God, what am I doing? What's, what is the reason why I got saved, Lord? Give me an idea of what I'm going to be doing in the future. You may be surprised. I keep losing my position in my notes here, by the way, so. I pray the eyes of my heart, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order, in, in order that you will know the hope to which you were called. You know, not long after I became a Christian, I remember sitting in church. <coughs> Can you get me a lozenge? I remember sitting in church. Oh, it's all right. Got them in my pocket. Um. Excuse me, I've just got a bit of a cough here. I remember sitting in church this one Sunday and saying, God, wow, this is amazing. Look at all these good-looking girls here. I wasn't single at the time, by the way. And I, that was a good, yeah, just, just to clarify. And I said, I said to the Lord, which one am I going to marry? 
and he spoke to me. And it culminated in Donna. Yahoo! But it was, he spoke to me. It was a simple, innocent prayer. And he spoke to me. I, when he, he told me I was going to marry, and you know, there was a few other things in there, it made me, it, it enabled me to just close my eyes off to all these distractions. Okay, I was, I was my late 20s, so... <laughs> It enabled me to close my eyes to those distractions and to focus on God. And that's what I did. And 12 months later, Donna and I got married. You just have to ask. I remember sitting in a driveway and asking the same, a, a question about what I was going to do in, in the future. And, he, and God spoke to me very clearly. You know, that's what that's the relationship that you and I can have with God. It's an intimate relationship. There's no reason why we, sh- we shouldn't be walking in that, in that truth all the time. The next part. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know, we have a significant inheritance in God. I remember a, a, a time that I was mowing the, some lawns. These lawns were, I used to manage a conference center and it took me eight hours to mow the lawns. And it was sitting on one of these, there was a lever that you had to hold like this and a little dolly seat that used to be dragged, around, dragged on behind. And because you had to, it took such a long time, I'd, I'd cut as wide as I possibly could but if you overstepped something, or if you missed it slightly, you left this mohawk all the way down. And so, so you didn't want to do that because it just added to the, the length of time. And because I was doing this for so many hours, at one stage, your arm gets quite tired. I stopped at the bottom one time, had my earmuffs on, there's the engine noise, and I look up, and because of all of the... Have you ever sat in a train or a, on a, in a vehicle and the vehicle next to you has moved? And it feels like you're moving. But, okay, well, that's, it's just a, an optical illusion. Well, the optical illusion was because I was watching the grass go past, when I looked up, all the clouds started to do this. Now, I didn't know it was because of the grass. I had my earmuffs on. I thought, my goodness, this is it. This is it. I missed the trumpet call because they were industrial earmuffs but, uh, and the noise of the engine. But I knew, this is it. God has arrived. I'm, and I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. And I leapt off the side of the, off the, the lawnmower. And I'm, yes, come on, bring it on, yeah. And I, I am really, really excited, as you can imagine. And then the clouds started to calm down and stop. And I thought, I've missed it. I've been left behind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was, I was distraught. And I raced over to the house, which was literally only 100 meters away. And Donna and the girls, they weren't there. Oh, no. I was real. I was, honestly, I was quite significantly devastated. But then I heard a noise, and I heard them further up, and we all know that 
kids and Donna are bound to be perfect. So they would not have missed out. So I knew I was all right. But you know, I was ready. And let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you ready right now? If God was to turn up now, would your relationship with him be so close and intimate that you'd be able to rejoice and go? Because I think that's something that we've got an inheritance. That's the future. And I think we need to embrace that. So that's one aspect. But, you know, we've got an inheritance today. We've got an inheritance that we can walk in today. Because, again, if we come, I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that we would know, that we would know our inheritance. We are significant children of God. We are, as I've said before, divine masterpieces. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. You and I are significantly special. That's your identity. You are a child of God. You're seated in heavenly places. You are his, the apple of his eye. You are special. You are important. And we need to embrace that. We need to walk in that. We need to have that that confidence in us. I read this. Being a Christian is not just a matter of getting something. It's a matter of being someone. A Christian is not just someone who gets forgiveness or gets into heaven or gets the Holy Spirit. Becoming a Christian changed you into something that didn't exist before. You are now a saint. You are now a divine masterpiece. You are now a child of God. You're now a citizen of heaven. And it's It's not what we do as Christians that determine who we are. It's who we are that determines what we do. So understanding our identity in Christ is absolutely essential if you want to live a victorious Christian life. We've got to understand who we are. I need to understand who I am in Christ. I know that I'm special. I know that I... Ray talked about this a few weeks ago. The perfect man. Well, perfect wife. Well, I'm the perfect man in Christ. (laughs) Yeah, I need a sticker. The perfect man. We are the perfect children of God. You are the perfect child of God. You are the perfect woman. You are the perfect man. You are the perfect child in Christ. And we need to walk in that boldness and that confidence. Next part. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. Again, it's an intimate, intimate relationship that you may know his incomparably great power for for us who believe. You know, a few years ago, I was asking God about uh, lots of different things. And I said to him, I asked about healing. And he told me that I would see the dead raised before my eyes. I'm waiting for that day. But, you know, I had an opportunity. A few years ago, I was playing business house cricket. uh, There was a, a, a team playing on one side, and one of the guys had a heart attack. And he was, people raced over, giving him CPR, and obviously everybody stopped playing. And 
we were walking over and I felt the Lord say to me, okay, it's your moment. And you know what? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I could not go and pray for this guy. I, wanted, I really did. I, wanted, I prayed for him from a distance, but I could not go up, lay hands on him, and command life to come back into him. I couldn't do it. I've, I've, I've regretted that, but you know what? God is such a faithful God that that promise has still not left me. That promise that I will see the dead raised before my very eyes will eventuate. I know I will see it. And that's the, the incomparable great power that's available to us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is a, available to you and I. That's the confidence. That's our, that's our identity. See, if we understand the hope of our calling, the riches of our inheritance, and the surpassing greatness of God's power toward us, we will walk in an identity that is completely and significantly different than what we're doing today. True? Or is it only me that I'm talking to? As I said at the start of this message, it's more about, it's more me talking to myself and you listening, but I hope that you're actually listening as well. I know we have an incomparably great power that's available for us to tap into. We prayed for some people to be healed today. We need to continue to walk in the confidence and the boldness of that. We need to start exercising the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to start walking in the power of the presence of God in our lives. Those are the things that we need to embrace. That's the incomparable power that's available to us. So we've got four areas. Yep, Solomon stuffed it up at the, the latter part of his life. He, he, yeah, he didn't do well, but he did have a, 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 that... Uh, wisdom and understanding. But with the presence of the Holy Spirit, you and I have a greater opportunity than even Solomon, I believe. And as we pray and receive the Holy Spirit into our lives, as we allow the Spirit to bring wisdom and revelation, I believe that's when we'll start to walk in a true identity of who we are. The second part, and it comes down to intimate. It's always got to be an intimate knowledge, an intimate relationship. You've got to be intentional in that. You've got to do this. But there's an, in, an intimate knowledge of the hope that he's called you to. What is it? What, you're not just saved to be nice people. You're saved to, to influence and impact the world. You're saved to, to, have a, uh, to walk in a confident position of hope knowing that he is, there's a hope for the future, but there's also a hope for the present. There are people that we rub shoulders with daily that do not have that hope. They do not have that intimate knowledge of it. There is our call. There is one part of our call. The third one there, knowledge of his glorious inheritance. We do have a, an amazing inheritance for the future, yes, but it's available to us today. We have an amazing inheritance that we can walk in today. 
we again, to, we just need to embrace. We just need to, to accept it and to walk in that. And the, the fourth one there, great power. Oh, my goodness. Bring it on. Bring it on. I remember driving between um, Katikati and uh, Tokoroa, and I prayed in tongues all of that time. It's about 55 minutes of praying in tongues. I got to a meeting I was preaching at in Tokoroa. I could not believe how, how much of the presence of God I felt. I could even tell you exactly where the Lord gave me a word for a particular person. He gave me an image of who to look for and what to say. I got to the church. I was preaching. I'm looking around. There's nobody in there dressed like, like I saw. But there was a word that God had given me. We went from there to, to uh, supper at, this, at the pastor's house, and this guy turned up, and he said, Oh, look, I'm sorry. Um, had another meeting to go to. He, he had a raincoat on. It was Tokoroa. He, he took the raincoat off, and there it was, exactly what I'd, I'd imaged in the prayer going along. That's the power of God. That's the presence of God. And as I spoke, I was able to give this guy the, the message that the Lord had given to me. And it was a, a significant time of his life. And it was a significant moment in mine as well. Because I saw that God was working with me. Working through me. Four things. Now, I don't know if that's resonated with everybody here. I'm, I would hope that there are some people that, that it would hit more than, than others. I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. But we all need to walk in a power, in that place of power and presence. If you've never had a relationship with, with Christ before, you probably don't understand what this is all about. If you've Maybe you've also, you could be in that place where you've, you understand this, but you've walked away from it and you're not actually walking in it at the moment. Can I encourage you to, to embrace this? Go to Ephesians 1. Read that prayer of Paul's and start to ask God to open it up to you even more. And I guarantee that you'll start to walk in a more powerful and dynamic manner with him. That your identity will become more secure. So can we just close our eyes just, for, just very briefly? If you have not got a relationship with Christ, I'd like to offer, I'd like to put the offer out there that today you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today you can start to become one of these significant people of God that has got an identity that is vital and important. So can I just very quickly, if you have not got a relationship with the Lord and you would like to make a commitment to that, can I just have a show of hands? Can you just put your hand up? This is a, an amazing opportunity to understand the creator of the universe. You will instantly understand who he is. And it just simply takes a, a commitment from you. If you've walked away from the Lord or you're not walking in that intimate place and you would like to 
acknowledge and, and turn back again to God, can I ask you to show your hand as well? I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So as with our eyes closed, let me just finish with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, uh, the power, the authority that lies within it. I pray, Father, that you would enable us to embrace the truth of it, that you would enable us to stand firm in, the, and in a confident position of who we are in you. Lord, I thank you that you will indeed, as we pray, as we ask, you will indeed open the eyes of our heart, that we would have that fresh understanding, that we'd have a fresh understanding of the hope of our calling, our inheritance, and the amazing power that is available to us because we believe in you. So Father, I pray that over each of us here today. I pray the anointing of your spirit would flow through us, that there would be uh, a greater uh, acceptance of who you are in us and that you would open our eyes to see who we are in you so that we would impact this nation in a greater manner than we could ever ask or imagine. So I pray your blessing on us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Fantastic. Alan, wonderful. Thank you so much. I love that line, it's not what we do that determines who we are, it's who we are that determines what we do, I think, absolutely central to our identity. So thank you so much. Well, next weekend we have Muck and Day. What time does service gathering start? 10 a.m. Yeah, very, very good. So we're going to have fantastic fun. So that's awesome. Also, come up and see Lance to... Um, and let them know how many times the word earth was said. Was it five times, 10 times, 25 times, 250 million times? And uh, there will be a chocolate prize for you. So, And can I encourage you, let's be purposed in our giving and the giving stations as we leave. It's wonderful to sow our finances into the purposes of God. So let me pray. Father, thank you for this awesome day and your presence. Father, thank you for our... Um, desire to be closer to you and Lord your incredible desire to be so involved in our lives we're eternally grateful for that Lord Father thank you for Lord the message that Alan has shared to inspire us to motivate us to know that our identity is found in you and Lord as we go I pray that you bless every giver may you cover them protect them grace them with the capacity to meet their every need and Lord we look forward to a church in action next Sunday as we meet at 10 a.m., may it be a day where our community is blessed, where our community is touched by the grace of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, have a great afternoon. Why don't you invite somebody to come out to lunch with you, maybe home with you, chicken, cold, slaw, and buns. It always works well. So uh, this evening we have 6 p.m. service. Love to see you there. And this Tuesday, worship night, 7 to 9 p.m. God bless.